Well, good morning, Big Valley Grace. Glad, uh, glad to be here with you. Welcome over in uh, the venue. If you're watching online, I'm grateful you're, you're with us. One of the things that I love about coming here is uh, the world can be a very discouraging place, can't it? A lot of discouraging things happening, and well, I get a lot of people who say oh, a lot of crummy things uh, through emails and things to me, although sometimes I'll even say it to my face. But when I come here, I want you to know, isn't it encouraging when the family of God comes together and we sing songs together? Isn't that just great? Unbelievable. Well, uh, before I uh, introduce these folks sitting here behind me, um, we are, as you've heard, in the kind of wrapping up our REACH conference, missions conference, and it's been, uh, it's been really just a, a fantastic time. Today we focus on all of our local partners, and if you parked out in the back and you walked in through these back doors here and you haven't made your way out into the foyer area, you're going to want to do that before you leave here because all of them have little tables out there and they'll have information out there for you. You get to meet them, talk with them, and we're going to talk more about that. In, in just a moment. But obviously, I, I couldn't bring them all up on the platform. And we had a fantastic time last night. It was really, really, really great. I wish I could bring them all up here, but, but I can't. And I don't want any of you to make a value judgment on, well, these must be the ones we really care about. And the other local partners, we really don't care all that much about them. They're not really doing that, that, that good a job doing anything anyway. No, that's not true. All of our partners, and you can see them all inside that program we gave you, are all fantastic people, and most of them are sitting right over here. Okay, I want you guys to stand up. I want to introduce them uh, to you. Right down here, yeah, give it up for them. Just stay standing for a moment, okay? So down there on the end is Marvin Jacobo, and he oversees City Ministry Network, which is a great ministry in our town. Kind of hard to explain it, in a short amount of time, but every city uh, needs to have a ministry like Marvin that connects all the pastors in our city together in some very, very unique way. Jeff, where you at? Jeff Gowdy, right there. He's with Christian Bray's camps, okay? Give it up for them. What? That is a fantastic ministry. And many of you are familiar with it. You've gone up and helped and been involved uh, uh, in it. Grace, Grace Hogan, right here. Grace Hogan is representing the chemo crew. Um, great ministry, birthed right out of our, our church here at uh, Big Valley. Brenda, right next to her. Brenda Lapomi is with AVC. Advancing vibrant communities, doing great things in our in our town. Then you got then you got Dennis and Peggy Colby right here. Dennis, glad you could make it. Um, they have an incredible heart for uh, for children, and probably have reached more children for the gospel than probably all of us in this room uh, combined. And then Mike Sell, where are you at? Mike, right there with perspectives. Okay. And uh, these folks all will have tables out there. And as you begin to hear some of the stories up here, they all have equally as, as uh, important stories, equally as weighty stories. And um, 
And so I'm just glad that you guys could be with us. You're going to want to make sure you get out there. But I do want these folks up here. Maybe we'll just go down the row and you introduce yourself and tell the folks kind of what it is you do and what your ministry is about. Okay, and so Aaron, we'll start with you. I'm Erin Kuhlhaas with Modesto Pregnancy Center. And we, um, one of our main reasons that we exist and why we started is to be a support system for those facing an unplanned pregnancy. And we have an opportunity to educate and equip and encourage them um, that they have the, the boldness to choose life and they don't have to feel like they're trapped to terminate the pregnancy. Um, we have medical services. We're a medical clinic. We do ultrasounds and pregnancy testing. Um, we also offer prenatal and parenting classes for them. Uh, but most importantly, we have somebody that will walk alongside the entire pregnancy with them because they might not have a support system at home to do that. Um, another part of what we do is we go into local high schools and middle schools and just talk about healthy relationships and, um, and value and uh, have an opportunity to share about fetal development and STIs and that sort of thing. So that's the, the couple of the big things that we offer. Great ministry, uh, Medessa Pregnancy Center. Just a great ministry. Jeff. My name is Jeff Pishney with Love Modesto and Love Our Cities. And our passion is to inspire as many people that we can in Modesto and all the cities that we are working in to love their city like I believe Jesus loves our cities. Because if we do so, we know that our neighborhoods, our schools, and our kids, our families, everything in every place will be forever changed. And so that's why we do what we do. Most of you are familiar with Love Modesto, right? We've all, all probably served in one capacity or another there. Okay, Wilson. My name is Wilson Kupula. My wife, Mary, is there. And uh, we reach out people from India. Have you seen any Indians here? Hey, hang on, <laughs> hang on. I want you to stand up. Mrs. Kupula, stand up. She's, the, she's really the winner. <laughs> well, if you have not seen any good Indian, he's, ten, he's sitting here. <laughs> and uh, my ministry is reaching out people from India, Sikhs, with the turban and all that, and then we have many Muslims live here, and uh, a good number of Hindus live here, and uh, we visit them, and we welcome to our center, India Community, um, uh, India Friendship Center, we help in the felt needs, and also share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we also planting churches, right now we're planting a church in Manteca, that's our ministry. Oh, beautiful. Jason, Jason, you're up. Good morning. My name is Jason Conway. I'm the executive director for the Modesto Gospel Mission. And we are a, uh, we're really a, the primary focus is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the salvation of the soul. We do that because we know that is what makes the difference when we're dealing with the homeless and we're dealing with those that have addiction. So we're a place of refuge, recovery, or restoration, and it's through the power and love of Jesus Christ. And, and, and by the way, yeah, give it, give it up for, for Jason, but I want you to know something. You heard about the three things they're about. Jason, at one time, actually was homeless down at the Gospel Mission, and now he oversees the Gospel Mission. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that just great? Cheryl. Well, I'm Cheryl with the Vinehouse Ministries on the west side of Modesto. And fortunately, I never was homeless and came through Vinehouse mm -hmm. that way. But that's been my passion. So we serve primarily the homeless population of the west Modesto area. 
um, alcoholics, addicts, prostitutes, you name it. So we, we kind of see them all. And it's with the passion of building relationship with each and every one that comes in our doors to reach them holistically, that be spiritually, physically, socially, and emotionally, to help them to desire to want to change because there's no need to change if they don't want to. They're going to be able to be fine. They just live on the streets, especially in California. But little by little, building, it's all based on relationships. It's not until we have a relationship with them that they trust us and we're able to pour into their lives the hope and love of Jesus Christ, which is where the true change comes from. And we work very closely with the gospel mission and refer to Pregnancy Center a lot and Youth for Christ for counseling because they definitely need that too. So it's a great partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah right. Cheryl's, uh, Cheryl's husband and really their seat is right down, right, right down there. Raise your, raise your hand. Come on, there he is, right there. That's where she's always sitting on Sunday morning. And now we've got little Ben, ben Wheeler. Ben, stand up. I want, want people to see this. Okay. <laughs> ben, tell everybody who you are, who, who you serve. I'm the uh, director of juvenile justice uh, for Youth for Christ, and um, primarily I'm in the, uh, the juvenile hall right over there off Blue Gum. Um, we have ministry there six days a week, Sunday church, Monday night Bible study, Tuesday night 101, and mentoring uh, in small groups and individual, individually throughout the week. Uh, we also have amazing uh, uh, counseling program, Youth for Christ, and we're now in the schools. Um, supporting and equipping the Christian clubs that are already there, or if there's not one coming up and starting one. Um, and we also do um, anti-bullying workshops in the schools. It's really emotional uh, health for the kids. It's a great program. And uh, we love all of our resources in Stanislaus County because we really do all work together and resource for each other. You know, one of the things you're, you're seeing up here is just a really, really diverse um, group of people doing lots of different things all pointing to Christ, but just doing some different things. And inside your program that we gave you today, you'll be able to read about all of the other partners and the great ministries they are doing. And you'll see that, wow, it's really crazy. All the different things that God has raised up to touch people with with the gospel. The next thing I wanna ask you guys is this. Give us a story. Tell uh, the family here about how a life was changed through your, your ministry. We'll start with Aaron again. So we, uh, I think all of us have this. We don't always see God working and all of his plans coming together, but sometimes at the pregnancy center, we get to see exactly what God was lining up in order to work a miracle. Um, a few months ago, we had a booked full schedule. We had medical appointments back to back the entire day, and we had a gal walk in who... Um, was had an appointment at the abortion clinic down the street from us and accidentally walked into our building instead. Obviously, we know that was not an accident. Um, but our schedule was full. So we're like, oh, what are we gonna do? How can we get this um, gal in and seen? And uh, she agreed to stay. We told her what our services were and she agreed to stay and at least talk to somebody. And... Um, while she was filling out that initial paperwork to see if we could get her seen, uh, another client that had an appointment scheduled called to cancel her appointment. So we could get her in. It was uh, about 15 minutes later that she was seen. And um, one of our peer advocates just spent about an hour with her just walking through why did she want to make that choice? What sort of support can we offer 
um, talking through the, the truth that um, God creates every life for a purpose, even if it's a really hard situation. And then our nurse did an ultrasound. And as soon as the nurse put the wand on her belly, baby was just up on the screen, moving all over. You can see its arms and its legs moving right away. And uh, she knew in that moment right away that though that's going to be so tough that she was going to continue the pregnancy and choose life. So it's so cool to get to see how God just set all of that up to change her life, to change that child's life, and to change our lives as we got to be a, a witness to his big plans. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great story? Now, Jeff, Jeff shared an email that he got like yesterday yeah. with us. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, it was, it was powerful. G -g Give us a story. How, yeah. How's God working in Love Modesto? I mean, certainly there's so many stories because this is what we do every day, all day, throughout the day. And I think all of us could, could say that up here. Uh, but this, this email that I got, I'm going to read to you. It really exemplifies so many of the stories that we hear and that we are a part of because our job is we, we there's the needs out in the community we try to connect people with the needs mm -hmm. and when the people of God are connected with the needs they get an opportunity to live and to share why they're doing what they're doing here so check this out this is from a, one of our volunteers my project leader was incredible I'm not a church person but he talked to me about why he helps out on projects loving our city and now I plan on visiting his church if people like him are real, I want to be a part of whatever he has. Yeah. Good works opens the door to good news. Do you all yeah. believe that? Yeah. Amen. It does. Amen. It does. And that's, um, you know, that's a beautiful thing about when we go out and serve. It may just be kind of a one-day deal, so to speak, but you're mixing it up with people who don't know the Lord, and you get to meet them, meet their name, you know, get to know their name and who they are and they're getting to know you and they're getting to see you and, and things like that happen all the time. Wilson, give us a story. Well, as I said, we reach out to very tough people uh, from Punjab and India, Sikhs and Hindus. And uh, for the last 20 years, we've been sharing the gospel, sowing the seed among them, especially among non-Christians like Hindus and Sikhs. But my story goes back when I came here from Bay Area about 20 years ago. I was introduced to a young man from Punjab, a Sikh a young man. He was just finishing his college, and he was struggling to find out the truth about Jesus. So no, we led him to the Lord, and only one person became a believer in the family. So that year, we have organized a Christmas outreach program for all Indian people. He invited his two sisters, 18 and 16 years old, and so they came all the way to the hall that we're conducting a, a, a Christmas program of all Indians. They opened the door and then saw all the Christians and the Christian thing. They ran out and said, we don't want to come in. It is a Christian thing. We're Sikhs. And then I went out and please come in. So they refused to come. But we continued to minister to that family. And so I lost touch with those, um, you know, people, those two young ladies. And just a few years ago, this young man became a good businessman here right in Modesto. He invites me many times for his office to pray and to discuss. So two years ago, I was in his office. And look, and I was talking to this man. His older sister ran out of her room. She has a business there too. She said, Pastor, believe me, this is me. A few years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I refused to come into the church for a meeting. Now I became a believer of Jesus Christ. She hugged me. 
And then I asked her about your sister, and she said she's also coming to the Lord. So I never met her, but just a few months ago, I saw her attending a church in Trolog, a local church. Just last week, she and I talked to her faith, and she said, I'm growing in the Lord, this is my daughter, and I want my, all my relatives to know about Jesus Christ. Would you organize a Bible study for us in either series or in keys? I said, I will do that. That's an amazing story. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you. Jason. Yeah, there's, a, there's an amazing kid that came to us about a year ago, and this young man, Cole, was, uh, had really barricaded himself in, down by the river living in a tent, and he just lost kind of reality, lost touch of just everyday life. And, and he enters into our lobby area, and then, of course, he, he asked about our 18-month new life program. And really, when uh, the receptionist had given Cole the, the application, he was so far removed that he had a hard time even filling it out. Not that he couldn't. It, his mind was just so kind of uh, foggy just because of life and addiction that a chaplain had to come alongside of him and just kind of sit with him and, uh, and walk him through filling out this application. And then just transformation in a year's time has just been uh, one of the most amazing things that I've witnessed in a long time because this young man, um, as he was introduced to Jesus and then Jesus started working in his heart, we started to see the fruit of, of the power of God work in his life. And here, Cole is a year removed in an internship in a rescue program that we have working in the administration of our office, giving back and serving and working alongside the ministry and just on fire with God. He's actually has a talent in cutting hair and then he's giving that talent back to the kids in our youth center and back to the community. So it's just amazing to see God work in an amazing way as Cole. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Man. Now, um, Jason, last night I kind of put him on the spot, and we've all been hearing and reading and uh, about Tent City down there at Beardbrook uh, Park, and I just asked, how is the gospel mission engaged in what's happening down there? And so just quickly tell us how your ministry is involved down there. Yeah, absolutely. As the city has had a temporarily uh, allowed the, the Beardbrook Park to become a place of uh, where the homeless can go and uh, set up a camp, we have come alongside of them strategically. We've, we've allowed... Um, our chaplains to go down and uh, to minister them, to share the services, but we've also give um, some resources down there, tents, diapers, and things like that. We're leveraging this opportunity because though it's temporarily, it gives us a place to know that we can go down there to share the gospel and to bring people into a holistic approach physically, mentally, and spiritually. So we, we try to work alongside not only us, but there's many in our community that, that have went down there that have uh, tried to give back in a really great way to help these, uh, these people in this time in their life. Thanks, Jason. Sure. What are you guys doing down there? Give us a story. <clears throat> well, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many, but one that I think of is there was a gal that came in. We've been open 19 years this month. And so about probably 18 and a half years ago, she came in and she was a mess. She was, you know, out of down the street, been homeless for a long time, but free coffee was kind of a lure because mm -hmm. coffee's a great thing for somebody who's homeless, especially in the winter. So she came in, got to know us, you know, had to take time to get to, to trust us and stuff. And little by little, she surrendered to the Lord. She's been, she got clean like within about a year and um, got a car, got a job, got a house. And I think the best thing is she's in the audience today. 
Really? It's, really? Where? Her name is Donna. Donna's wow. Gonna... Wow. So. Man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Wow. So her, oh. her name is Donna, and the thing, that, the thing that's so cool about Donna is I think she surpassed me in Bible studies and her desire and thrill for the word. She just is so passionate more and more every day, and she just continues to grow and continues to pour into her grandson now who has never, would have never heard about the Lord had it not been for her. So she just feels like she's getting a second chance with her son that she did not, was not able to do that. And now with her grandson, she is. So it's Mm -hmm. very cool. So Bryce comes to church with her quite often and we need to pray for him because he's, you know, he's getting older now and it's not quite as important as it used to be to spend time with grandma, but Mm -hmm. it's just neat to see the the multiplication that takes place over time. Thank you, Cheryl. Hey, let me just tell you. If that doesn't give you a goosebump. Check your pulse, uh, because that, that that was that was great. Okay, Ben, tell us what's going on with YFC. What do you, give us a story or two. Uh, I started with Youth for Christ as a volunteer in 1999, 2000, going in Friday night uh, volleyball with the kids, and then ended up working as a probation correctional officer in custody with the kids, 2001 to 2011. Uh, very early on in my time there, um, working in juvenile hall. Um, you know, I'd seen a lot of things go on with the kids and uh, pretty heartbreaking stories. And uh, one of the ones that got my attention was one of the girls walked out of court and she was very tearful. And she looked at me and said, Mr. Wheeler, why is my mom choosing to send me to a group home so she can stay with the man who's been sexually abusing me? Hmm. And I remember just getting choked up and going, come on, God, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is too, this is too heavy. Um, and, you know, usually we would um, have her see mental health. We had two mental health clinicians back then for 150 kids. And I said, sweetie, I don't know, but I know Youth for Christ comes in on, on Tuesday nights to do one-on-ones. Um, and I was going to be there the whole evening with her. I said, can you, can you just wait till, this, wait till this evening? I'll make sure you get seen. And she says, yeah, I can wait. And uh, Youth for Christ came in uh, that night at 8 o'clock. And I, I told one of the female volunteers what was going on. And she was still so upset. She was in her cell. And that Youth for Christ volunteer went over, sat in her cell with her, prayed with her, talked with her. And by the end of the evening, she was smiling, laughing. Um, and I, I was like, this is what I want to be a part of. So the, the impact that Youth for Christ volunteers uh, make with the kids day in, day out, our, our, our program is extremely strong. And I know it's helped the institution incredibly as far as um, emotional, relational, mm-hmm. uh, physical, and spiritual health. Man, thanks, Ben. How, how many of you, yeah, how many of you... Um, has your ministry have ever gone into a cell and met with a, a, a teenager? Mark, raise one, your one, hand. One, one, one or two of you. See, see, folks, aren't you glad that um, we support a great ministry like that? That they're going, they're going places. They're going down to Tent City. They're over there on, on Vine Street. They're meeting with Sikhs and, and Hindus. They're, they're meeting with, with gals that are, you know, just in a crummy place. Man, we're just, we just got all kinds of stories. And I want you to know, once again, that every single person, even those that aren't up on this platform that you will meet here in a little bit, they all have stories like, like this. All of them do. And... Um, one of the things we got to do is pray for them. And so the next thing I want to ask you guys is share with us. Get your pencils out, everybody, okay? Get, get them ready. Because um, we need to be praying for these partners of ours. And so, Aaron, start us off. How do we pray for you 
in the, in the ministry? I would say there's two major ways. One would be that clients find us. Um, we are um, a nonprofit, so we don't have tons and tons of money to spend on marketing. And so that clients would be able to find us in Modesto. There are um, our opposition to us and they have a lot more money and they are putting themselves in front of everybody's faces. And so uh, just that our clients would find us and then have the courage to walk through our doors. Um, second would just be for, um, we, we see a lot of spiritual warfare. I think everybody up here does. Um, and, and especially right now in this season, our board and our staff and our volunteers are seeing a lot of spiritual warfare. So not only for protection from that, but perseverance through that as well. So, so, so last night I went home. Actually, as I was driving home, I thought, wow, what an interesting prayer request. That somehow we, we let the world know that there is this Modesto Pregnancy Center. You know you're in church here. This is someone we support. But what about the gals that are out there? And I just thought, man, how, how can we help in the marketing of the Modesto Pregnancy Center so that young gals even know it's there? And I got some thoughts. I'm going to be calling you this week. All right, Jeff, how do we pray for you? All right, well, hey, Love Modesto began right here in this room uh, just over 10 years ago. Four years ago, it became our own nonprofit organization. There's six of us on staff right now, and we're just continuing to grow. And I feel like the, God has given us so much favor, you know, with our city government, our county government, our school districts, and just it seems like everyone here in our towns. Therefore, the opportunities are coming our way and how to not only get involved, but lead a lot of different initiatives. So we just need prayer and, and for God's wisdom on what we're supposed to get involved in, what we're not. You know, and just how we're supposed to continue to scale what we're doing and, and staff and fund what we're doing. That's the Modesto side. The city side, right now we're helping over 60 cities, actually over 65 cities here, not just in California, but all over the country now. Uh, we just onboarded Love Hartford, Connecticut. Pensacola, Florida is coming on board here this spring. Our first international city, Calgary, Alberta, is, is on board now as well. And so this city thing is going. We started a national advisory board, amazing Christian leaders from all over our country who are telling us, you're just beginning. This dream of helping hundreds and thousands of cities all over the world is not crazy. There's a need for it, and the church needs to lead the way towards that. So again, we need prayer and wisdom on how to scale, how to staff, how to fund what God is doing. And we're excited to be a part of it. Um, we don't know where it's all going. If you know any cities, if you know leaders, or people in cities all over the country, which all of us do, that would love to lead something like this in their city, loving their city, let us know. We're prepared and ready to help their city. Thank you, Jeff. Wilson, how do, how, how do we pray for you? Well, <clears throat> I want this uh, church to pray for our cities, as uh, Jeff is saying. We have, in every city, we have Islamic mosque, and uh, we have Hindu temples, and we have Sikh temples. They're really growing in these towns, and we are sharing the word with them, word of God. But I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit may give them a, a dream or a vision about cross of Jesus Christ. And the number two prayer request is pray for me and my wife. As we go into these places, they are dark places, we want you to pray for us so that the Holy Spirit may cover us and to enable us to move forward. The third prayer request is we are planting a church in Manteca, and we're going to have two outreaches. One is in 
November 18th is our Thanksgiving community outreach. Pray that that event may go well. We may have many people from that community, from Hindus and Sikhs and others may come. And then we have other event, which is uh, in December. That is on December 16th, Christmas outreach for Indian community. Pray for these two events that we're going to have in Manteekan. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Jason, how about you at the Gospel Mission? How do we pray? Yeah, there's, uh, we have a team of a staff, and I just ask the prayer of discernment and wisdom because we deal with a volume of people, um, anywhere from four to 500 people that come through the different parts of our facility, and our staff to have the discernment and the wisdom um, because each person that's coming through is going through something, and for them to know when to stop and when to be able to pray and when to really hear is so important because as we go through our daily activities, the task can oversee the people. So I just pray that uh, discernment and wisdom. And then uh, the second part is the people that are coming in to receive the gospel because daily in every part of the mission, the gospel at the same time each evening is being declared. And it's not a, it's not a, it is a requirement for that person to sit there and hear the gospel. So when they're hearing that gospel, that they receive it. And then, because we know that's transformation. So I pray for discernment for the staff and then receptiveness uh, to the guests that are coming through to receive the gospel. Thanks, Jason. Cheryl? And for Vinehouse, we're open to the public. When we have our coffee house and different things, anybody can come through those doors. So my first and foremost prayer request is safety. I think I tend to forget personally about how vulnerable we are because anybody can walk in and do anything. And just what happened with the Jewish synagogue the other day, it's just a typical example. It's just crazy how people can get angry or whatever, they, whatever their bone is. But so for safety for us and our volunteers and for our volunteers, we have a 25 to 30 faithful, faithful volunteers. And each one comes so faithfully. And I just, I'm just so thankful for that. Just, just pray that they will continue and, and more volunteers will come. And then for the people that come as guests, we call them, that their hearts would be softened, that they would break down the walls of their life. Once you hear their testimony, it's kind of clear to see why they're where they're at. But to break down those walls and allow Jesus to come in and use our volunteers and all of us to, to just be able to impart the hope and love that only Jesus can bring. Because we try to see each individual as a whole person. We meet with them one-on-one and build relationships. So it just takes time to break that down. Because I always say, people didn't wake up one morning and decide to be a drug addict or an alcoholic or go to juvenile hall. It happens over a course of time, and there's a lot of things that happen. So as a result, it takes a long time to work out of that. Sure. And so just prayer for the people that come, that they would choose to change. Like, if we could have a bunch of Donnas, a whole city full of Donnas, we'd be, in a, we'd be a great city. Well, I can tell you this, Cheryl, you need to pray for this. If you know anything about her ministry, where it's located, those kinds of things, you'd be praying for her safety, or the, the team's safety that, that works there. Ben. Uh, pray for a spirit of boldness. So when we go to churches and are asking for volunteers, you can see a look of fear. And, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a mm-hmm. spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, kind of our motto is you can do it, we can help. So uh, just that God will move and, and stir in people's hearts even today. Uh, the people that I'm looking for are people that are in churches that can pass a background, that can come into juvenile hall, that maybe have never done ministry. Um, are, we want to set up our volunteers for success. Um, so, you know, we say you, you can come and watch for as long as you want. Um, and usually people are going, that's not my world. I've never presented the gospel, but I've been in church. And then they, they come in and they see us do it. and They go, oh, yeah, I can do that. I don't know why I was so scared of that. So just that spirit of power to be able to 
um, get out of the comfort zone and, you know, we're not going to turn you loose to a, a kid on the first night. You'll have plenty of time to come in and see and observe. Uh, Mark Baca and me are going to be out in the auditorium or the foray afterwards answering questions. Uh, just ask, them what a t- ask us what a typical night looks like. Uh, so pray for a spiritual protection and a spirit of boldness with our volunteers uh, for when we're recruiting them in to get the right people plugged in with our kids. When Ben shared that last night, this whole idea of spirit of, of boldness, I thought that was a really interesting prayer request also. Because here's the deal, you can, get, uh, you can be afraid and think, well, man, I'm going inside a jail cell, are you kidding me, man? I, I don't think I could do that. And I love your little motto that you can do it and we'll help you do it, we'll equip you to do it. And I think that might be a good transition here for, for this. See, see, we need to pray. God wants us to pray. You can't miss that in the scriptures, that God wants us to pray. And so we as a church family need to pray. But there's another side to that coin, and that is you got to get up off your knees and actually do something. And so at all of the uh, you know, little tables out there for all of our partners, they're ready for you to come and say, hey, I'm praying for you, but how can I actually help you? What's something I may you know, may get involved in, whether it be for a week, a month, a year, for, or whatever. And so how can these folks actually engage in your ministry? How, how can they actually help or, or volunteer? Erin, you kick us off. So we're always in need of volunteers. Our volunteer roles um, require a little more commitment than others. Um, just because you're meeting one-on-one with clients or you're walking them through classes. Um, so it's a once-a-week commitment um, we, we, there are some volunteers in the, in church this morning with us, um, not to just throw her out there, but Arlene Peters has been volunteering with us for almost 20 years. Um, and, and they need your help too. Arlene needs your help in the, in the boutique. Our clients can shop for diapers and baby clothes and, and, uh, maternity clothes after our prenatal classes. And so we need help as, um, to build up our volunteers. Uh, the second thing would be, I know that that's not everybody's thing to, to volunteer. You maybe have a really busy schedule. Um, we have a section on our website that's called Get Equipped. We would love to equip everybody in here with truthful information. Um, for example, a, a baby that's eight weeks old in utero is not a blob of tissue. It has arms and legs and fingers and toes. We want everybody to know that so that you can be speaking truth to your sphere of influence as well. Um, so we just have some short videos on our website that will equip you on some of those myths that are out there about adoption and abortion and life. Yeah, I was over at the uh, my, uh, Modesto Pregnancy Center and I saw Arlene there getting her little room all fixed up and getting everything looking nice and it was really, it was really uh, fun. Now, hey, some of you, especially you, you gals, you could be an unbelievable blessing to another young lady who is nervous and scared. They got this baby and you're there to walk with them through a process and care about them and love them and encourage them and hold them and cry with them and all the stuff that I'm sure goes on. For some of you, that could be a great place of service. Jeff. Yeah, here's a few quick ways you can get involved in helping out what's going on in our community. I don't know if you knew this, but there's between 10 and 12,000 homes that are being cited in Modesto for being their yard is not being taken care of. 
And the reality is most of these homes are elderly disabled or single parents homes. And so, um, for an example, we have a lady named Rosemary not too far from here. She's 91 years old. At 90 years old, she fell and broke her hip when she was mowing her lawn. And so right nearby there, here's the good news. There's a neighbor not too far away. Say, hey, we'll help her. So this neighbor is mowing their lawn every couple weeks and Rosemary's baking them cookies and they're blessing each other. This could be an example of what we can do in our community all around us. We have most of these names and addresses. We're working with our city on this. Mm-hmm. Right around your corner, maybe a couple doors down, there's a home that while you're mowing your lawn, can you mow their lawn and build that relationship with them and see where that might go? So that's one practical way to get involved in our community. Another way is our Christmas Comfort Kit Drive is coming up December 1st. This Thursday is our deadline for receiving donations and we're hoping to collect over a thousand comfort kits, not only for the kids in our county, these are kids that are in transition. Um, CPS goes in, they have to remove them from a home. Horrible, horrible day. But they, we are providing with our county and others these, these kits that are age appropriate, a little bag of love, you know, mm-hmm. in this horrible time there. And so if you want to be part of that, many of you have been a part of that in the past. We need your help. We need, you can shop. You can also volunteer on that day. The last way I want to share this is Halloween is this Wednesday night. Most churches, including this church, is not having a big program anymore. This is our opportunity to be in our neighborhood, to love our neighbors, to get to know our neighbors. So be in the front yard, not behind your door, not with your light off, but be a good neighbor that night. It's the one night of the year that more people are walking walking around. And so we've got a lot of practical ideas that we can share with you on what you could do in that front yard. Pastor Rick's got something he's going to be doing as well. What are you going to be doing yeah, well, that night? We're, we're thinking about having uh, sitting out in our little uh, driveway, little chair, uh, chairs out there, and bring a little fire pit out, there start a little fire. And as all the kids come down and their parents are coming down, meeting them, hey, how you doing? My name's Rick. Where do you live? Da 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 da. Here's some candy. Da 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 da. Kind of a thing. And hey, you don't even have to do anything. God, God's just going to bring them right to your house. That's right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do anything. You just got to sit out there and give out a bag of candy. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so what a, what a great idea. Wilson, how can we get involved there? Well, uh, we, as I said, we reach out to people from India and uh, helping the felt needs. Indian people, if you start a bread ministry, they won't come. Any other thing. They're well off in this community, but uh, they need uh, education, especially women and others who do not have much uh, English language. I'm not an English background man, but I'm from India and I speak Indian English, they're like me. And so we have two centers, India Friendship Center. We help these people after living here for five years, with the green card, they can become citizens of this country. There's a curriculum, the syllabus, immigration wanted them to learn it and pass the test. So we train them and uh, they come to me for three months and we, give the training. At the end of my class, I read Bible with them and share the goodness of Jesus Christ. I want you to be, you know, come and help and as a volunteers. One center in Trollach, one is in Manteca. We meet, we meet in the mornings and the evenings, and if you want to be part of that, and my, you know, come to my booth and uh, you can sign up for that. The second thing is, I want you to meet your neighbors in, every, in Medesto, in, in Ceres, in Keys, everywhere you find Indians as your neighbors. You don't know how to greet them. You say hi, they'll turn their head to the other side. But uh, I want you to introduce them, and so you can come to my booth, and I will give some ways. Then I can connect to them. You can become friends with them. And then they will invite you into their home, give you a nice tandoori chicken. You, <laughs> you can enjoy this. That's the second 
and a way that you can involve in our ministry. Third is, as I said, we have two events coming up, which is an outreach event, and we need the helpers to come and help with the, in the creed ministry and the music and other places. So please come and give your name if you want to be part of that ministry, outreach ministries. Thanks, Wilson. Jason. Yeah, we, we have a campus on 1400 Yosemite Boulevard, and uh, there are so many different tangible things on a daily basis that one can come through, whether it's just conducting a Bible study, whether it's working in our youth center or with our women in a women's recovery home. We also have Thanksgiving coming up to help us prepare for Thanksgiving, where we'll have a thousand people come through our doors that will will provide a turkey dinner with them. Uh, uh, coats and uh, scarves and hats in our Christmas event that we need help with. So there's so many different applications that each person could uh, get involved with us. So come out to the booth. I have some direct uh, signups. I have some applications that we can just expedite you in and get you connected. Hmm. Great. Cheryl. And for us, ways to get involved, you can, we have a coffee house that goes on twice a week each week. You can come and volunteer there. Um, get involved in a Bible study. We have Susan Albritton and Betty and Denise who are all involved in Bible studies at Vinehouse and they're able to kind of get to know the ladies and be able to start mentoring. And that mentoring is huge, huge discipleship. And same thing with the men. Men to come and attend the Bible studies, maybe even think about leading a Bible study. As well as if you're busy and can't get involved personally like that, you can, a 25-pound bag of sugar is wonderful because we go through so much sugar, unbelievable amount of sugar we go through for the coffee. They literally fill their little eight-ounce cups about three-quarters of the way full. I'm not kidding. I'm not. One, one guy, I honestly thought he was stealing the sugar. He filled his whole cup up. I said, hey, buddy, you know, we have to buy that sugar. You can't, you can't take it away from the premise. He goes, I'm not. I'm not. He goes, just watch what I do. He pours coffee in this much of it, and he ate it with a spoon. That's no lie. All that to say, we go through a ton of sugar, creamer, coffee, <laughs> cups, toilet paper. So on a, on a real easy, tangible level, that, those are the kinds of things we could use. So... But um, all kinds of opportunities. There's more opportunities at our, at our table, too. You can do a drive for some of those things. Some of the Sunday school classes have done drives where they, you know, for beanies or socks or whatever. School, the school classes do it, too. So very helpful. Thanks, Cheryl. And Ben? Diabetes is alive and well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff, does it count if I mow my neighbor's lawn, but not because I'm a good guy, but because I don't want to look at it? Does it count? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two things. Come, come to our events. If, if volunteering's not in your wheelhouse, come to our events. We uh, uh, do comedy night here at Big Valley. We have golf tournaments. Uh, we have our Christmas auction coming up November 8th. There's flyers um, out in the foyer, so grab a flyer and, and come to our different events. Um, also, we got three sign-up sheets. Me and Mark are going to be out there. Um, if you don't have a chance to talk to us, sign up. I'll give you a call this week or the next couple of weeks um, to find out your passion, find out your match, find out your background, and then find out your schedule to plug in. So two things, come to events and sign up and get a phone call um, to find out more information about volunteering. Well, hey, look, would you give it up for these folks right here? Would you do that? Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Hey, Jeff, will you take those mics and hold on to the mics? Hey, so once again, all of our partners could have been up here and they all could have shared with you ways that you could engage and um, be salt and light out there. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. T turn, turn there. As I kind of wrap this up before we take our offering, I want to share a thought with you. We, um, we do our REACH conference uh, every, every year for basically two, two reasons. By the way, 
Conferences like this are a dying breed in the church. A lot of churches don't even do this anymore. They'll have missionaries, they'll have people that they support, but to just set aside our John series like we have, and we'll get back into that next weekend, Lord willing, and say, hey, we're gonna spend a number of weeks just talking about our global partners, our local partners, and, and just kind of reminding us all of a few things. We have two goals for that. And the first one is we just wanna remind you of who we support. Some of you might be new to the church, and you wonder, you know, okay, when, when I give, when that little bucket, you know, bag goes by here in a little bit, you know, who are some of the people that we support? And so you got to meet some of our global partners last week. This week you get to meet our local partners. And, and, and that's, that's important that we all, oh, that's right. We support the pregnancy center or the gospel mission or whoever it might be. And it's a great reminder of some of the great people we support. But the second reason why we do it is we want to remind each other that it isn't just their jobs or our global partners' jobs to be salt and light or to tell people about the gospel, that it's all of our jobs. And the Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter, <clears throat> chapter 3. It says, but you must not forget this one thing, dear brothers. This, remember, the Holy Spirit has filled Peter's life, and so, so here's God speaking to us, if you will, through our brother Peter. Hey, don't, don't forget this thing. God says, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, hey, hey, don't forget, Christian, God isn't wearing your watch. He doesn't keep time the way you keep time. Okay, to him, uh, a day is like a thousand years, and, and a thousand years is, is, is like a day. That passage goes on in verse 9 and says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. Up until this point, this was written a few decades after the death and resurrection of Christ, and the disciples had been telling everybody that Jesus was coming back again. He's coming back. And here people were probably saying, even just two or three decades after the death of Christ, oh really, come on. He's coming back again. Where is he? How come it's taken so long? And here Peter is saying, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to, to come back. He's not, as some people, no, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anybody to be destroyed, but he wants everybody to repent. In other words, what Peter is saying is, look, God's not being slow in coming back. That was written a few decades after the death, burial, and re resurrection of Christ. Here we are 2,000 years later, and guess what? There are people out there saying the same thing they were saying back when this was written. Oh, really? You Christians believe that Jesus is coming back again? How, how come it's taken so long? Why, why, why is you know, he so slow in keeping his promise? And Peter says, no, you guys, you guys are missing the point. He, he's not slow, he's patient. He didn't want anybody to die apart from him. God doesn't want anybody to die apart from Christ. God didn't want anybody to die and spend their eternity in hell. God, God wants everybody to know who Christ is. 
God wants everybody to give their life to Jesus that their sins would be forgiven and that they would spend their eternity with, with the Lord in heaven. That's the heart of God. But verse 10 says, but, but be sure of this, the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. In other words, God's being patient. He, he doesn't want anybody lost. And thank God for all of these folks that in very creative ways are trying to reach people. Thank God for all of our global partners that are literally all over the world. They understand the heart of God. God doesn't want anybody to perish. It's why he's so patient. But make no mistake about it, he is coming back. There's gonna be a time he comes back. And it'll be like a, it'll be like a, a thief. Uh, I, my home has been robbed before. You know, you go out to the movies and you have a nice evening with your wife and you go to a show and you, drive, you get home and all of a sudden there's a window broke and it's like, whoa, you didn't expect it. Because if you would have expected it, you wouldn't have gone to the movie. There's coming a day when there's gonna be no more local partners, there'll be no more global partners. But until then, we see what the heart of God is. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28. Because that's the heart of God, now, now you're gonna, these words of Jesus are gonna really make some sense. These are some of the very last words that he ever spoke. He says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, he tells his guys, and he's telling us, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach all of these, these new believers to observe all that I've commanded you. And you can't make a disciple unless you reach people. And Jesus says, go, guys. As you're, as you're going off to work or you're playing golf or you're sitting in your neighborhood on October 31st or whatever it is, go. Make disciples. That's the heart of God. He doesn't want anybody to perish apart from him. And so here we have Jesus telling his disciples and in essence telling us today, hey, look, God's being patient. You got another day to go. You got another day to go and try to make your one life, you know, count in a significant way. You look at Acts chapter one and verse eight and we're given a really great piece of information. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Today, the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit indwelt your body. At that very moment, you received the Holy Spirit. And now we're gonna be given some information as to one of the reasons why God gave us the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses Telling people 
everywhere about me in Jerusalem. And when that was written, they were in Jerusalem. So you're going to tell people about me right where you're at, locally. You're going to do it in Judea. And Judea might be, in our context, our county. You're going to do it in Samaria. In our context, maybe that would be, I don't know, the western states. And then Jesus says, nah, not just Judea, not just Samaria, not just in the western states, but literally to the ends of the earth. You see, one of the reasons that God gave you the Holy Spirit was so that you could go out and be his witnesses because his heart is he doesn't want anybody to die apart from him. And so one of the things that, I don't know, it's been a while now that I've been thinking about and praying about was over in a conference room, we used to have this big map. It kind of looked like that. Uh, Medical ambassadors had put that map up and when we purchased that building, that map stayed up and it was of the whole world. And it was a while back, a couple years ago, I had uh, one of our pastors, Chad Pippen, I said, I want you to take that off of there and I just want you to put a map of our county up. So he put a map of our county up and it had all of the cities from our county up and then there were a few cities that were right outside of our county like Tracy and all of that. And I began to get information, data from the connect cards. Who's, who's coming to Big Valley Grace? Who's driving here from our county? And it was amazing how many people were coming from Tracy or coming from Ripon. Uh, they, were, they were coming from Sonora or Riverbank. And it was amazing to me to see all of the people that considered this their home. And for whatever reason, I kind of got locked on to a series, about 42,000 people in our city, and I would pray over this map. So this is our logo. I want to show you a picture of our logo, okay? That logo was made, I don't know, two, three decades ago, and, and that's on all of our letterheads and all that kind of stuff. But we had to tweak it a little bit. And so we now have Big Valley Grace Community Church Modesto, okay? And um, the reason why we had to have Modesto is because we're praying and we're believing that in 2019, goes right along with our local campaign, that we will have Big Valley Grace series. And we're praying and we're dreaming and we're thinking, and we've been thinking about this for, yeah, give it up for the Lord. Will you do that? It's amazing, over 200 families, 200 people literally come here from series every week to Big Valley. And we got a list of all of those folks. We have been praying for it. I've been driving through the neighborhoods over there in series. We're looking for land over there. We've put aside some shekels. And, and I want you to understand the concept because some of us have been around so long. We planted the church in Oakdale, River Oak Grace, and we planted the church in Manteca. And uh, those were churches. This is not a church, it's a campus. And let me tell you the difference. The difference is, is this. I want you to imagine the venue, which is about what? I don't know, 50 yards away. It has live music, ushers, greeters. It has an altar room. I mean, it's its own place. And then there's a moment, the screen comes down and you get the preaching of who's ever on this pulpit, okay? It's a campus. Series will be a campus. It'll have a worship leader, 
ushers, greeters, it'll have children's ministries, it'll have everything, and then the screen comes down, and I'll say, hey, welcome over in the venue, glad you're with us, and welcome over at the series campus. We're glad you're with us. It's a ministry of Big Valley Grace. When we planted the other two churches, they were just on their own. They had their own elder boards and all that. Series is a, one of the ministries of our church. And that's kind of the, 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 the difference. And we're super excited about it. Some of you live in series, and there's gonna come a moment when you're gonna get a letter from me, and I, I wanna sit down, and I wanna begin to talk with those of you that actually live in series. We actually, people come all the way from Turlock, so they'll drive, you know, basically right by series uh, to, to, to get to Modesto. Because there's coming a moment when we're gonna have to put together children's ministries, and who might go, and who might say, you know, count me in, I'll be a missionary to series for a year. Count me in, man. I wanna go there. Let's, let's reach these 42,000 people in that community. Uh, we, we're gonna need musicians. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, there's just a lot of needs that we have that we're starting to put together. Now, we're a long way off, but we've got some of the key components together. Uh, your staff has been praying. Your elders have been praying. I'll tell you what, I, I've been here over 30 years, and I'm more excited about this than I've, I've been about a lot of things because I really, really believe this is at the heart of God that we reach lost people. And there's a whole lot of people there. And let's just put a great Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in that city, and who knows where they, uh, we may be changing our card again. You know, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be fantastic if every year we as a church family found a city and said, let's just go ahead and keep getting the gospel uh, out there. And so this is what I want to do. I'm going to pray for us. And I want you to be praying. We, we, we're, we're in a war against demons here. The last thing the demons want is another God-honoring church out there. And so here's the deal. I'll keep you in the loop as we keep moving forward. Like I said, we're a long way off. But the one thing we need is for you to be praying. This is a big deal. This is big. And, and to know that you're praying is a, is a win. I'm gonna ask our host and hostesses to come forward. I'm gonna ask the, the band maybe to come out. And we got one last song and, and we're gonna receive our offering. And, but I, I, I wanna pray. And I want you to join me, okay? Father, Thank you for today. This was just so, it was just so fresh to hear from these partners of ours. These are good people doing good things for the kingdom. They're a part of the Father's business in a very unique way. Watch over and protect them. Thank you for those that weren't able to be up here on the platform. Good people, good men and women just reaching the lost, which is just at your heart, God. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst here at Big Valley in Modesto. And there's a lot of unknowns as it relates to series, God. And so we're just trusting you. And now as a church family, we're just gonna spend lots of time praying, God, that we might reach that city right next to us. 
Father, thank you for this moment of joy. May there be great, great cheerfulness as we give now. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen.